Okay, what's happening, everyone? Welcome back to my unconventional podcast. Today, we have strength and conditioning coach Roger Romo on the show. Of course, he's going to be talking about Andy Ruiz's big upset in the heavyweight division. And then he's also going to talk about the fighters that he's training, particularly Patrick Teixeira. Uh, he's also going to talk about TJ Dillashaw. He worked with him for a while. So uh, he has he has his two cents about his situation. And, um, you know, it's, it's all clearing up for TJ. So good for him. And you can follow the show on Twitter and on Instagram at... Uh, no, not the show. Follow me. What the fuck? Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Alex Perez FC. And now you can follow this show on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify because you already know that the ratings and the reviews go a very long way. Share this with everyone that you know. Share this with your grandma, with your grandpa, with your brother, with your sister, with your uncle, with your dad, with your mom, with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend. Share it with anyone, anyone that has ears, anyone that could listen to this. Put it on and make sure that you subscribe because if you don't subscribe well then what the hell's the point (laughs) all right i'm gonna shut up now so you can enjoy this lovely show with roger romo enjoy roger romo my man i haven't talked to you in a while how you been been good brother it's been a minute how you been everything good yeah man pretty good except for the weather i feel like i'm complaining about the weather like every other time but uh how's the weather out there i'm pretty sure it's nice um it's actually a little gloomy we got that june gloom going on but it usually clears up around two three o'clock and i mean it's nice it's not too cold it's nice and warm probably in the 70s (laughs) can't complain right you can't complain about that not at all that's yeah that's living the life man all right well um boxing wise andy ruiz it's been what two weeks since he um yeah since he shocked the world um i know you you guys are like in the same zone perhaps i i would say yeah literally an hour away do you do you know him personally or uh have you ever worked with him or something like that no i've i've uh i don't know him personally i know his uh his trainer more his co-trainer estrellita uh, we we fought in the amateurs together. You know, we grew up together. So I know his co-trainer. Uh, you know, the guy that they showed um, when he's doing the 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 the, the big uh, the big thing that that you hit. Uh, what's it called? They call it in Spanish. It's called a gobernadora. But uh, he misses it and he clips him. <laughs> that's that's his co-trainer. So <laughs> yeah, I know his co-trainer. We we uh, fought in the amateurs together. Grew up together. Uh, his name's uh, Edgar Hasso. Um, on Instagram, it's El Estrellita. That's that's my boy. Um, so I was pretty happy for them, man. They 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 went out and 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 pretty much like you said, shocked the world. Yeah, they did. And you know, I'm I'm pretty sure when you're watching a fight, you read the fighters, their their demeanor, and um, how they're walking. Uh, sometimes they're like pacing uh, inside the ring and stuff like that. With Anthony Joshua, when you saw him in the corner. When they were introducing him, he was chewing on his mouthpiece. What did you think? What did you make of that? I, I don't know. I think, you know, it, it seemed to me he felt a little uncomfortable. Um, I'm not even trying to make an excuse, though. I mean, you can't take anything away from Andy Ruiz. What he did was, you know, he he had his the, his mentality set to go do and what he to go do what he did. But Josh 
he seemed a little, you know, uh, uncomfortable. He was doing things that were a little out of his character. But um, I heard that they tried to make excuses saying that uh, he got hurt in sparring and, you know, a bunch of other stuff to try to discredit uh, Reese. But um, after they interviewed uh, Joshua, I seen an interview not too long ago where he's saying, nah, man, you know, I can't blame it on anything. He beat me. So, you know, it's, it's you know, he's fought in front of huge crowds back home. But it's different when you go somewhere else. You know, um, can can you take that or no? And it looked like, to me, he didn't look too comfortable with that environment of not being home. But that's still not an excuse. You know, when you're a champion, you got to perform everywhere. You're not, you're not a world champion and you just fight in England. You're a world champion. You can fight anywhere in the world. So. That's that's what that's what comes with being a world champion. So well, well um, yeah, I mean Madison Square Garden is imposing as it is, and you come in as, as the heavyweight champion of the world. You got to know. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure he was aware, and maybe because he was too aware, that's why he was a little bit off of his game. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I, this kind of transitions a little bit into what I wanted to ask you next. Like, what, what did he really make of of those rumors of those speculations that went around? that perhaps he was hurt in sparring and stuff like that. And, I mean, it sounds like you're not really believing it much. I, I really don't. Um, they had a sparring partner. I think he's from Chicago. And I think he, he put a, a end to those rumors saying that it wasn't true. So, I mean, but you, you never know. And even if he was hurt in sparring, so what? You, I mean, sparring is what gets you ready for a fight. If you get hurt in sparring, well, well, well that's, that's a, a learning experience. You know what I'm saying? And then take that into the fight with you. You know, um, how hurt can you really get with big gloves and headgear on? But, you know, I, I, I don't, personally, I don't believe those rumors. I think that um, uh, Eddie Hearn or I don't know, oh, I don't know if it was Hearn, but so whoever brought them out, we were trying to make an excuse for Joshua. And the, the excuse was that I honestly think he didn't take Reese how he should have. He thought it was going to be an easy fight. And Reese went in there fighting the fight of his life. So when you got someone that's not giving 110 and you got someone that's going 1,000, I mean, it's, it's it's that's that's what's gonna happen, you know. Um, he underestimated him. He got wild when he dropped him, and that's the that's a cardinal mistake. You don't get wild. You don't open up because a hurt fighter is a dangerous fighter. We're made to survive as humans, and and Reese showed that. You know, he he was hurt, but he was still dangerous. A hurt fighter is very dangerous, and he showed it. Caught him right on caught him right on the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and like a few seconds after he was dropped too, so. That says a lot about Andy Ruiz. It says a lot about him as a fighter and as a person. Um, but now that Andy Ruiz is in this picture, now that he, he well, it was a big three at heavyweight. Now it's four. Now you have Wilder, Fury, Joshua, and Andy Ruiz. So what do you do now? There's talks for the rematch. There's talks that potentially it could be in England. Now they brought in uh, Mexico City in the, into the discussions. Like, what do you do? You can, I mean, you can make a little tournament here and, and have Absolutely. some fun. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think Josh was gonna gonna exercise the rematch clause to the full extent, but you know, Eddie Hearn saying he's gonna be over there in England, but he's not the champ. You know, uh, <laughs> Reese is, and Reese Reese can call shots now. Reese can say no. You know, uh, if not, let's meet in between. You know, uh, maybe here in the States or, or, or like he said, I mean, Mexico, why not? You know what I mean? I don't I don't think Mexico has the money that Reese would be looking for, though, because, you know, Mexico, uh, you know, beautiful as the country is, you know, a lot of people don't have a thousand dollars to cough up to go and watch a fight, you know. But uh, definitely here in the States, why not Vegas? Might as well do it in Vegas. 
you know, because he's the champ, like he said, and he's not going to go over there for what? To accommodate them? No, mm-hmm. he doesn't need to. He accommodated the the need for them to have an opponent. They thought it was just going to be an opponent. He accommodated that need and said, you know, I'll step up, I'll fight him. And they thought they were going to walk through him. Now he can call some shots, and, and that's a good thing. And I'm, I'm I'm happy that he can do that. Yeah, and now that you mention uh, Vegas and keeping it neutral, I think it makes the most sense to to have it to have it here in the states. Why why would you want to go fight to the, England, even to Mexico City? I mean, like you said, mon- like money wise, it doesn't make much sense. So I I agree with you one hundred percent. I I don't think this fight should be anywhere else but um, Vegas. Or e- look, if I'm Joshua, I would say you know what? Let's run it back same place at msg and let me just show you that all it was june 1st was a bad night that's it you know right you need to have somewhat of a of a of a championship mentality and anthony joshua was never it it might sound like you know i'm just beating a dead horse here but he was never really one of my favorite fighters and i never really saw a i don't want to say a dog but i just said it you know i never really saw like like um a lot of grit in him you know i i right i don't know it was he was a champion because he was fighting in england and like you said if you want to be a world champion you have to fight anywhere not just in england so yeah i mean anthony joshua can gain all that respect back from the from the fans if he were to say you know what let's just run it back same place um same venue and I'll show you that it was all a fluke, you know. But um, you know what? I, you know what I think. I don't think he'll want to fight there again. That's true. I think that yeah, that memory, that that. I mean, it, it, like I said, it will, I mean, you know, especially MSG. I mean, how many champions have fought there? You know, big heavyweights have fought there. Lennox Lewis and and Holyfield fought there. Uh, 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 of course, Muhammad Ali fought there with Joe Frazier. You had so many great fights there at that place. But I think that place. He's not going to look at it the same. He's not going to want to do it there. I mean, I think Vegas should be the spot, you know, because UK fans definitely love coming out and supporting their fighters, and they will, especially in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, I honestly think that Reese will get him again. You know, <laughs> I think that these people are underestimating him. He wasn't like some some... Like they try to they try to put him out like ah, Reese had a great amateur career. He had 105 amateur fights, only lost five. He was an Olympian, you know. He, he, I mean, he's been in some stiff competition as a professional. So, you know, they just they look at the physique and they look at he's a smaller. Well, he's not even small. He's six two, but compared to 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 the big guys now, but he's he's a legitimate heavyweight, you know. And they can't overlook him. He's and he proved that. Now, you throw him in there with Deontay Wilder. Now, Wilder, I think, hits a lot harder than Joshua. So I think Reeves would definitely have to uh, be on his on, on defensive. But he can smother Wilder, too. I mean, Wilder has shown that when you smother him, he kind of backs up and, and, and kind of panics. Now, what happens when Reeves cracks Wilder? Because Wilder's been hurt, you know? So what happens there? And that he brings a lot of, a lot of excitement to, to the heavyweight division. Being Mexican, being the that he has the physique that he has, but the kid can go twelve rounds. The kid can can throw fast punches and and he hits hard, you know. So and he has that Mexican warrior mentality. Gets dropped, he gets up. Now I would love to see that fight after this rematch. Uh, that would be awesome. That would be great. And you know what? 
I think the heavyweight division needed a Mexican champion like a long time ago, and now we finally have one. Mm-hmm. Ab- about time. You 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 brought up a great point. He brings excitement that not many other fighters can, and he does have that that warrior mentality that um, that that every Mexican fighter fighter has. So good for him. Good for Andy Ruiz. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so Roger, let me ask you this: Who are you training now? Who's like your the the head guy that 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 you're that you're training right now? My guy is a Brazilian kid, uh, super welterweight. He's ranked number two uh, in the WBO. He's, his name is Patrick Teixeira. He signed the Golden Boy Promotions. We just fought on a Munguia's undercard mm-hmm. uh, in Mexico. Uh, we won, and uh, we're looking to fight Munguia. But from what, he, what we're hearing is he's going to move up. That he's having trouble moving, uh, making weight. So it looks like we'll be fighting a. Uh, we got a, a fight in July that we're already preparing for. We're three weeks into training camp. Um, a little, you know, just a, a stay busy fight. And then we're looking at if, if Mugia does move up, which we think he will, uh, fighting the guy that Mugia just fought and looked like he lost to, which was uh, Hogan. So uh, for, for the title. And um, so that's all I'm working on. I'm working with him right now and, and, um, Soon they're going to be sending a few more Brazilian guys our way, but uh, mainly it's just that the the kid uh, Patrick Teixeira. He's a good kid, southpaw, tall, um, listens well, works hard. You know, just the type of fighter that a trainer wants to have. You know, how's the the landscape in Brazil when it comes to boxing? Because I mean, based on like what I know, I could be speaking just from pure ignorance. Boxing isn't such a big thing over there. They're more about um, yeah. the mixed martial arts. And, and and soccer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, who'd you have that was a Brazilian champion? Uh, Freitas, which was a long time ago. And, yeah, I mean, it's not very big. Um, but it's 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 actually it's, it's starting to come up. Uh, there's a few uh, prospects that are out there. Um, one of the kids that they're probably going to send out here, his name is Jonathan Santos. He's 9-0, 9 knockouts. Uh, he, was, he came out here. Yeah, he's no joke. Kid uh, <laughs> sparred with... Uh, Sparred with Chango Cancio, Andrew Cancio, the, mm-hmm. the kid that beat, uh, yeah, so he sparred with him, and then they work great, man. So this kid is, uh, I think, someone that, that that can make some noise in, in the uh, junior lightweight division. So, you know, uh, he'll be coming out soon, and there's another prospect that they have that, that's pretty good out there. But like you said, man, yeah, Brazil's not really too too known for their boxing, but hopefully these guys can can change that. Yeah, hopefully, because, I mean, there's there are so many people living in Brazil, and a lot of them are, like, athletically gifted. If you watch their soccer team, they're mixed martial artists. They have fighters in the UFC, fighters in Bellator. So they're athletes, man. They really are. And um, let me just ask you this about the, the, the Brazilian fighters. You know, just based on what you've seen from, from Patrick, how would you describe their style? Are they, like, happy um like like free flowing they 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 can put their combinations together quite well or how how are they when it comes to boxing patrick um he he's he's tall so he uses his his reach um he's he was more of 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 an aggressive fighter and we're kind of we're kind of trying to balance it out to where where he can box as well uh he boxed a, a bit the last fight and um you know he's, he's a great listener. I think um, those guys like to like to go at it. They they kind of like like a Mexican. You know what I'm saying? They want to go at it. But um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the kid is is intelligent. You know, but it, I honestly think a lot of it is um, 
is how how you're trained. You know what I mean? And I think uh, how how he was trained was because he can crack. He's a uh, thirty and thirty and one with a uh, I think twenty four knockouts. So you can crack, but um, I think I think now as as the 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 competition gets a little more stiff, you know, he's gonna have to box more. You know, because when you're building a fighter up, of course. You know, it looks like, oh, these guys, this guy's a killer. You know, he's knocking everybody out. He's coming forward. But I think uh, a lot of that changes with uh, with with uh, the competition getting stiffer. So, you know, um, I can't really, like, put a put a, a, a definition on their style. You know, I think every style, uh, every every race, you know, has every different style. You know what I mean? I think um, um, to say that all the Mexicans can fight one way is, is not true. But uh, because, cause, you know, Triple G put that whole Mexican style out, well, I mean, there was some Mexicans that, that can box and, and move intelligently as well. So it's not just about, you know, race. I think there's just um, a, a lot of people are, are quick to plaque things when I think it is whatever you have in front of you. Mm -hmm. Makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, uh, what about like communication with him? Is he picking up Spanish? Is he picking up English? Because uh, uh, well, he, yeah. he, he's he's a. Uh, Portuguese. He speaks Portuguese. Yeah, with uh, his uh, his his original trainer, Edson Nascimento. If you look him up, he was actually a, a great lightweight man. He was uh, retired undefeated, forty some due to a retina um, uh, injury. But he retired undefeated with like forty some fights, and the guy was a beast. But um, <clears throat> he spe he speaks Spanish, and Patrick speaks Spanish due to the uh, the traveling from the amateurs. You know you go uh, fight in Mexico. He spent a lot of time in Mexico. So the communication barrier, there isn't any because they both speak Spanish. So, Perfect. You know, yeah. yeah. So it's pretty, yeah, it works. It works out good. Oh, well, good for him. I'm pretty sure he's, he's already, he's probably picked up a lot of stuff. How, how long have you been training him for? Well, you and your team? Um, well, we've been working for a little over a year, probably a year and a half. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, he, he fought uh, that kid Gallimore and, and pretty much put it on him, and that's what what made people start talking about him. So, um, since then we've been working, and uh, he's he's a great kid, man. He listens well, you know, works hard, and that's that's all you can ask for. Oh, of course, like you said earlier, just a trainer's dream. A trainer's dream. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, good for you, I Roger. Take, I take I take I take someone that that works hard daily. Uh -huh. um that's not that's not naturally gifted that just works hard and just wants to uh uh, uh listen to to what you tell them and 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 just uh, uh make you happy to to see them doing the things you show them and, and and that gets them going that's that's the kind of guy you want i choose that over over talent any day yeah because what's the saying um hard work, hard beats, work talent. beats talent when talent doesn't work hard yep there you go very true there you go, Very and um, and I'm I'm pretty sure Patrick is from uh, uh he he's from like humble beginnings, and uh, he probably wasn't wasn't completely well off, and used boxing as a resource to to make a name for himself, and he's and it sounds like he's doing and he's doing good for himself, so good for him, good for you guys. Uh, he really couldn't have picked a better team, honestly, to 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 begin a thank you, thank you, a buddy. career here in the states. Um, now let's talk about someone that you've trained not not for a long time but you have worked with him um right. tj dillashaw and right. um of course his stuff with uh with steroids epo tested positive suspension for two years um he he came out on a podcast and he he 
he was as as classy as he could get you know he he admitted guilt like completely he he didn't beat around the bush made no excuses which uh changed a little bit the perspective of the fans but when you were training him did you notice anything weird anything off from tj how how was he honestly like when when he came it was uh he was gonna fight cody for the second time okay so about a year ago so yeah so he was gonna he was getting ready for that he wanted to work on his stand-up a little more and um i mean i to me i didn't see anything crazy and those fights he tested clean mm-hmm. you know it was his last fight that he wanted to come down and wait and um you know that's that's when you get people that 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 know know about these things that that'll help you with weight cuts and, and things like that. I don't think it was uh, I think it, it was a steroid, but it wasn't the type of steroid that gets you um, gets you all big and crazy. It's one of those things that help you rip up so you could lose weight easier. Now, <clears throat> the other fights, he was clean. You know, they obviously have they have a test after those fights immediately after, and he tested clean. Now it was for for that fight and. And he did the the right thing. I mean, he owned up to it. Just like when, uh, you know, uh, uh, I mean, my brother fought Oscar. Same thing. You know, um, he had a guy that that was a nutritionist. He had two of them, and one of them they were fighting for a position, and one of them was giving him stuff, and he never, you know, he never questioned it. He just he just took it. And I mean, I was there in camp, you know, not not knowingly taking these things, and you know, you just have faith in someone that you know has their degree or has this or has that and turns out that you know you end up being responsible for what you put in your body and um what he did was the right thing he owned up and he said you know what i'll take full responsibility because whoever you have on your team that's who you hired you know so i think in the <clears throat> the camps when uh he fought other guys i don't think he was on anything but I mean, obviously, for the guy, uh, for the fight uh, with Sehulo, and then he had to come down and wait, and I think that's that's all it was, honestly. I really hope so, because he's one of my favorite fighters, to be honest, and uh, I mean, yeah, he, he came down 10 pounds, usually. He said that, that he walked into that fight at 149, I think, and the fight was scheduled at 125, so... He walked in pretty heavy. Cejudo walked in pretty heavy too. He was like one forty-seven, I think. So and they're both small guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But they're, they're very, very muscular guys, man. Yeah, they are very muscular. They are, but you know, I, I know that, and and I'm pretty sure you saw this when you were when you were training with TJ. TJ is such a competitive dude. You can tell right away. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He he loves what he does. He's so passionate about it. And um, he, I don't know exactly what he did with you guys. Did he spar, or did he just hit the mitts, or were you guys just training like technique or something? What 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 were you guys well, he, doing? He was doing the, the the full thing. He was doing the strength training with uh, with myself and Cecilia Flores in the morning, and then he'd come in the evening just like a fighter, and then to to do the the stand up, the boxing training. Um, kid, I mean the kid works hard. He works very hard. I actually admire his work ethic. Um, we had finished a, a, a session. We we're pretty much, pretty much done with the session. We did our mid work. We did. I had him do some drills that that I have uh, Patrick actually doing things I learned when I was training with Maravilla Martinez and doing those type of things during uh during that training session. We were pretty much done, right? And 
we're going to wrap it up. And then Faizi came in. He's a gold medalist from Uzbekistan, wanted to spar. And TJ said, let's go. I'm like, no, 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 you're done already. He's like, no, 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 let's spar. And he did. <laughs> and he put some hands on him. So <laughs> and the kid, the kid is no joke. TJ TG, uh, uh, got a lot of heart and he's got a lot of balls. And, and his work ethic is, is very good, man. Very, very good. Well, in that fight right after, he finished Cody within a round. So he came at him very nice. His stand-up was, was a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise, right? Who would have thought? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it does sound like, like everything that we see on, on TV, everything that, uh, that we see about TJ is actually true. And it's always good to, to, to listen to that for, firsthand from someone who was working with him. Um, has he ever contacted you again, maybe to, to train again, uh, to improve uh, a little bit more? He, he's told me that he's, he's wanted to work, but I think right now he's taking a lot of time for his family and doing all that stuff. We spoke uh, a bit after the, the, um, the whole scandal came out and, and, um, you know, I told him the same thing. I go, I know, you know, the other fights you've tested clean and, and you didn't get to where you were by being dirty. You know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, he appreciated the, the, the support and I told him I'm here if you need me man and if you ever want to work and he goes no yeah I'll definitely be hitting you up because uh I, I want to work on a little more stand-up and stuff like that so you know we haven't set anything up but you know he stays in touch we stay in contact with each other oh that's good that's good he he, he seems uh based on what you told me right now he seems like a like a no pun intended like a stand-up guy a very um a very honest honest type of person not unlike what they tried to portray him as over there in Team Alpha Male. Have you ever worked with any of those guys, Team Alpha Male? Like no, Cody Garbrandt? No. Yeah, you probably wouldn't want to. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, I just, just TJ and the other guy that I worked with a little bit was Matt Brown, which is a cool dude. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, very, very same type of dude as TJ, humble and, and honest and, uh, you know, good dudes. Very good guys. Yeah, just like you said, just hungry guys who want to eat the yeah. world and have it at the palm of their hand for sure man um now i'm uh, i'm gonna ask you about something that's probably gonna make you even happier about um i i love this relationship that that you have you and fernando vargas um it, it's just an awesome relationship and by the way let me just tell you uh, i was listening to uh hbo's podcast Bloodsport, i think it's called when huh. they told the story of oscar de la Hoya and fernando vargas right uh man that was a beautiful piece of podcasting right there they told a story of the fight they had both uh, oscar de la Hoya and fernando vargas telling their sides of the story and um i heard that the reason why fernando vargas disliked oscar de la Hoya so much let's see if you can verify this is because um they went to run together one day and uh oscar and, and fernando and then fernando fell and Oscar, instead of like stopping and telling him if he was all right, he kind of just like looked over at him and laughed and he kept running. And then Fernando, that's when he's like, all right, well, this dude is a, he, he's kind of a scumbag. So is that <laughs> yeah. true? Is that true? Yeah, it's very true. Very true. Um, <laughs> Fernando, Fernando was 16 and had just won the U.S. championships. Youngest ever do so. He beat Meldrick Taylor's record. And now you can't break it because, uh, too many young kids were getting hurt. You have to be 18 to compete in that tournament now. It's an open tournament. And Fernando won it. And um, 
Oscar was just starting his pro career. And Fernando looked up to him. He was like, I want to win a gold medal. I want to be like him. You know, I like him. And he goes up there to Big Bear to help him out with sparring. And, and Fernando was like, yeah, he was kind of a prick, you know? Uh, <laughs> um, then he told him. And um, it wasn't snowing when they were running, but obviously, you know, there's black guys. And I guess Fernando hit a patch and kind of kind of uh, lost his foot. He ate shit. <laughs> and Oscar kind of just runs by runs by him and just kind of laughs and just keeps going. And, you know, it's a funny situation, of course, but if you got a kid that's looking up to you, you kind of stop, you pick him up, and you guys laugh together, you know? And ever since then, that was it. And I was like, ah, I'm going to fight him. I'm going to kick his ass, fuck him, blah, blah, blah. So that's how that started. But, you know, now they're, they're buddies and they're friends. But, you know, and they made a, <laughs> they made a great rivalry, and, and, and a lot of people were picking sides, but it was – something boxing needed to like two Latinos from Southern California, you know, one was the bad guy, one was the nice guy, you know, so it was something that boxing needed, but, um, you know, they, at the end of the day, they, they, they settled it in the ring and now they're, they're friends and they work together. So, you know, that's, that's, that's a, that's a great boxing story. And that's what it's all about, man. That's mm-hmm. really what it's all about. Settle your differences in the ring. Um, what about Fernando's son, Emiliano? I've, I've seen videos of him, uh he's a very very sharp kid that's what he looks like i'm pretty sure firsthand you can tell me how he is because he looks like he has a bright future in the sport definitely that kid um well three of them could fight you know juniors of southpaw mm-hmm. very strong uh, spars with a lot of the pros right now he's wow. trying to do his thing amado you know he started a little later but uh he's picking it up quickly he actually you know he looks up to his little brother <laughs> and that's Emiliano. <laughs> Emiliano is, yeah, that kid is is no joke. That kid will call me tío. Um, he'll ask me for for little pointers on on strength training. He'll ask me for this. He'll ask, tío, what what should I do for this? Or what should I do? He'll send me videos. Tío, look at this sparring. Um, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? This kid is always working on his craft, always. And he's only 15. And you know, he, he he's he's something else, man. That kid, I honestly think not just because he's my nephew and not because he's Fernando's son, I think if that kid keeps the same intensity, keeps his focus, I think he can be as big as Floyd Mayweather. Wow, that's some high praise, man. That's some high, high praise. And uh, automatically, what do they have in common, Floyd and and, and this kid, Emiliano? They're very, very hard workers, right? This is very intense. Yeah, and I mean, at 15? My goodness, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure... Um, I don't know if you want to talk about this much, but how how is how is Fernando with with them? Like, when, when does he teach them stuff? Uh, does he encourage them? I'm pretty sure he's always there, like at their fights, at their training sessions, and stuff like that. How how is he as, as a father and as a mentor to the kids? Well, well as, I mean, as a father, he's always been a great father. You know, um, he, he was like a father to me. Um, he's their trainer. He's actually the one who who trained them. So, oh, okay. You know, he. Yeah, definitely. So he 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 um he's one hundred and ten percent involved in, in yeah. their in their boxing. Um, you know, the, he he supports them to the fullest. He gives them advice. I mean, who better to give you advice about being a fighter and being a champion than than your own father? You know, and uh, he's uh, very much involved. And in, and um, the kids they listen because they see where he got their father. You know, and uh, I think that um, that uh, as as uh, the kids get older. You know, they're definitely going to appreciate it a lot, a lot more. I know they already do, but um, 
they kind of they, they kind of um, see that where their father was, and and they see it as 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 uh, as a competition. They're like, we got to be better than dad, and that's gonna be hard, man. He's a three-time world champion, so <laughs> you know, the, you know, they. The, but that's that's great for for these kids to have that type of mentality already and have that goal because of what their father did. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, who better to give you pointers than your father, a three-time world champion? So, um, yeah, those. Uh, I mean, that's just a, a boxing family as it is. All of you guys over there. So, I mean, the generation, the the generation coming up, just had to continue the legacy, you know. So, Absolutely. so yeah, it, it, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be really interesting, you know, to see, to see how how their careers evolve. Um, what about any other kids over there? Any any young prospects that you might want to talk about before they get famous? Uh, s- something that, that that you want to put out to the universe, and then it it it, it comes to reality. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I, I I really don't look too much at, at the at the younger guys. The only ones I look at are my nephews. Okay, <laughs> and it sounds kind of messed up, but but I mean, my my schedule is basically around. Patrick right now and then you know whenever my nephews are fighting uh they hit me up and I and I'm I make sure to watch and I make sure to give my my two cents about what I think but uh, I mean to me um I think there's there's another a few kids that my brother has that he's training um there at, at his at his gym um he has he also uh, is working with a little I don't know if you remember little Floyd they call him little cash flow he was uh, he came out in Floyd's videos but uh um, mm. on 24 seven, there was a little, you know, he's a little Mexican kid and they call yeah. him cash flow. So he works with my brother and, uh, a few other kids. Uh, there's a kid named, a kid named Chris that works out of my brother's gym. I mean, my brother's doing a lot of things out there in Vegas. He's doing, he's doing good things with all these kids and, um, you know, he takes them to tournaments and takes care of them. So I know, I know, uh, Robert has some great, great talent at his gym with kids as well. He has his son, Pita, working with with a lot of a lot of talent so you know there's there's a lot of stuff to look at and look forward to in the future you know we're gonna we're gonna be blessed with a lot of boxing for years to come oh that's great that's great that is awesome um how how often do you see fernando though because you guys don't live in the the same area anymore um he'll come out here every now and then he'll come out to visit my mom so i'll see him when he comes out here or if i'm in vegas i'll see him out there you know um you know a, a few times a year you know, but we're in constant communication with each other. So, you know, the way technology is, there's FaceTime, there's everything now. So it's not too hard to not communicate with family. It's, it's, it's the, luckily, uh, iPhones made it easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how we're recording this podcast. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. Th- there you go, man. All right, Roger. Well, um, I'm going to break the fourth wall here and say that we're recording on a Saturday. So I appreciate your time, man. You finished up uh, your, your, uh, your session with, with Patrick and you got on the phone right away. So I appreciate that very much. Not um, a problem, brother. Oh, anytime. You already know that. Yeah, for sure. 24 seven always. Well, not 24 seven, but you get the point. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> all right, man. Do you want to plug your social media? Um, anything cool, any projects that you're working on floors yours, my um, man. I mean, just, just that man, just, just follow Patrick to Uh, Patrick to boxing is, is, uh, his Instagram. Mine is, at Roger underscore Romo and and um, hopefully uh, I could bring you guys some, some some great fights coming up with with, with Patrick and and these these uh, Brazilian kids that are coming up too. So you know I, I appreciate uh, your time as well, brother. Thank you, man.
Yes, sir. Thank you very much, Roger. And you can follow uh, the show on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe because every rating counts. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Alex Perez FC. And uh, again, thank you, Roger. Have a great weekend. Uh, it's Father's Day weekend. Enjoy it. Um, thank you, brother. Have some fun. Don't eat too much. Back to work on Monday, right? <laughs> exactly, brother. Exactly, man. You have a great weekend as well, brother. Nothing uh, but love. All right. Nothing but love to you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, brother. All right.